0: Welcome back everyone to the Cheap Lunch podcast. It is wonderful to have you along with us as always and uh I have a a regular co-host, Brayden with me. How are you? Good to be back. Good to be back. That's good. That yeah. jumper looks uh, jacket, sorry. It looks very warm.
1: It is very warm. Thank mm. you.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of jackets, you've got a very nice jacket on. Yeah. Tim, our guest on the Cheap Lunch podcast today. How are you? Hello boys, how are you going? I'm excellent. Well, thank that's you. what I want to hear. <laughs> 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 Very exciting. Get excited. Get about excited. I'm excited <laughs> for the chip oh. lunch. Um, uh, it's lovely to have you on here. Thanks. Uh, you uh, hassled me last week about being on, so I'm like, <laughs> let's do it.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, some Hassle- people asked me before, so that's nice. Well,
0: like you've me. already had your, one of your daughters has done it yes and also your wife yes so yeah. gonna we're gonna make it the full set and get um your other um daughter i was gonna say sister your other daughter <laughs> yeah my on. daughter yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're so. the
2: full tribe i've actually had the the son-in-law
0: as well both oh, oh yes, yes he has been on so, too james yep. has been on as well wow yes. so yeah
2: we might need to get everyone on yeah, yeah well, then
0: make you the first family that everyone's done the chip lunch
2: yeah so we'll just have to work on courts that's it yeah just yeah. get Courtney
0: on. Um, It's wonderful to have you along. You are saying that this is your lunch break for today, (laughs) which is great. And when we release that, no one knows when we're actually recording it. So it could just just be 5 (laughs) p.m. Exactly. You've been working all day. It's been hard. (laughs) Yeah, you you look pretty worn out. (laughs) Um, Tim, it's great to have you on. Let's ask the first question, which is how do you like to have your hot chips?
2: It's changed over time, but honestly, my my fondest memories are um, when I was a li- when I, when we were little, when they had things like newspapers. And I don't know that that's for those the younger folk. It's it's a novel idea. Uh, paper. Pa- yes, paper where it had oh. like words and stuff on it, oh, okay. and you used to carry it around around your arm. Mm. <laughs> so we go to my grandparents, and they would bring a pile of chips wrapped in newspaper, oh, okay. and, yeah. and it would have salt, and then I would put. And my grandfather liked vinegar on it, mm. so I just loved having salty chips, like thick salty chips. Not crinkle cut. Oh, you like it? You know, thick? Not, I like yeah. the thick cut mm-hmm. chips with the, the salt and the vinegar, and that's always been my favourite. Though I don't mind a bit of chicken salt. I know people are sort of – I'm a bit agnostic when it comes to salt, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not an evangelist, but um, I don't mind either. Well, yeah, it's pretty good. I'll, mm. take, I'll take it as it comes, but, yeah, vinegar, uh, salt and vinegar is my favourite. Yeah. Any sauce yeah. as well? Look, I think it's a bit Neanderthal. Oh, well, that's a controversial but, comment. But, um, yeah, I will occasionally I'll have it, but it's more someone else in my family enjoys having sauce. I, I, like, I like the purity of and the simple, simpleness of you know, vinegar, and, vinegar and salt and chip. Uh, the simplicity of the chip.
0: Yeah. Oh, excellent. Um, and is there a particular place that you you like, that's the place to get chips from?
2: Uh, not, th- I don't really do that anymore. i not. We don't go actually have too many fish and chips anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I really can't tell you. So there would have been uh, somewhere around Cronulla Ways where we used to go and get that sort of stuff. Or my grandparents are from the Gold Coast, so oh. I was from there well. where we used to go and get um, fish and chips. So not particularly though. I do if I'm going to go out to a to a restaurant and I'm going to have chips. I like the thick cut chips. I don't like the crinkly kids. And I don't like the, <laughs> I don't like the really thin ones. nice nice and thick and beer about yeah. it. Yeah. with a lot of potato. Yeah, with I like them. I like something a bit hearty. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you're a hearty man.
0: Yeah, I am, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> um, and you, you just mentioned your grandparents twice there. Does that mean you have lots of nice memories with them, like going to the beach and getting fish and chips and things like that?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, when I was younger, I grew up in Queensland. My okay. family come from there, so I um, we moved down here. in... And I'm not even going to tell you the year, but it was at a certain age <laughs> and um, when I was young. And But, uh, yeah, we used to go down there every weekend from Whishlam, Brisbane, and Brisbane, we'd travel down to the Gold Coast, and I used to see my, my stay with my grandparents. We had so a boat we used to go out and we go fishing all the time. Right. So, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good life back then. Do you get to
0: fish much now?
2: Not as much as I'd like. Yeah. Um, to be honest, um, I haven't. Um, I've also discovered drones, which I'm having a bit of fun with. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. fishing with drones? <laughs> well, I've been actually flying over Fisher Fisher folk with bone. Well, not over them, but next to them. So <laughs> on the R- Warrinora, go down the Wani and launch the drone, yep. and then I can actually follow boats around. Just I'm just doing it for a bit of practice. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I'm quite. I'm having a bit of fun with getting
0: them. up your drone pilot skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's correct. How good. Um, uh, next question that we always like to ask, though, and we've heard a little bit of your background, but I'm sure it'll play into this—the answer to this mm-hmm. question: How did you become a Christian?
2: Okay, so I—I'll th- give you—I'll give you two periods, but it, the early yeah. period. So w- I grew up. Um, my dad was—he'd gone to church and all the rest of it—and he was keen to get us away from the church. To be honest, he thought it was all a bit oh, really? rubbishy. Mum was still committed. Um, and then um, they got divorced, and I was I was with mum. Dad had got, I was off doing other things, um, so we kept going to um, down at Cronulla actually, and um, I got into a confirmation class, and that's really where I really understood what the gospel was about. So I sort of I became a Christian sort of there, even though I'd been around youth groups and all the rest of it, didn't really sort of get it uh, until then, and then I was a pretty pretty solid Christian up until. Um, towards the end of high school and then, you know, I'd, I'd really sort of had enough of it and, you know, it made you unpopular uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, you couldn't have fun, girls didn't really like, you know, that that, that, that sort of thing. So um, I sort of wasn't, a, acted as not a Christian for a couple of years and then um, probably when I was about 23 maybe, I sort of realised now that. It was pretty empty, all that stuff. It was exciting and fun at the time. not going to lie to you. And then I realized that living that life where there was no I was not going to church, I was keeping away from Christians. Um, I realized uh, at the end of it, how empty that was. And so I started to come back to church irregularly, and then I sort of recommitted, if that's the term, I know it's a Christian-y term, but you know I sort of came back to the fold, I suppose, for a better and I had a bit of a it was a good thing because I understood a bit better about how things were we'd been pretty um I, my mum was very protective and didn't want me to do certain things and wasn't keen on exploring life so I went went and did it myself um this is after mum had remarried and I was living um with my stepfather at the time so that was a bit rocky too and I think part of it was oh, I was a bit of a rebellion to that, but also I really wanted to understand what it was all about because I'd heard all these other people having great fun not really understanding it, so I thought I'd have a bit of fun too, (laughs) you know? Why wouldn't you? Mm. Um, But there's also a price to pay for that, and you don't realise it until later that everything that seems good and great and fun, there's a cost to that to you personally and to others around you, so something that I learnt uh, along, but then I sort of came came back to... Started going back to church irregularly at first, and then towards the end of my uni was um, back, back doing what I should have been doing. What was uh, is
0: this? Is something that sticks in your mind that um, you're like, this isn't what I want to do, and I and you you wanted to go back to exploring yep. being a Christian.
2: I, I, I look, there's lots of things that come to mind, but really, it's the world's a harsh place, so you. And people's views um, of how the world should work are quite different to the way that the gospel works in Christian thought, and so there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of care. And as for you as a person, it depends what group you go into, but there's expectations on you to behave in certain ways and believe certain things and mm-hmm. sprout certain ideas um, that aren't Christian and. Also, they, they can be quite damaging in terms of, I mean, you know, the boring stuff about alcohol and drugs and all that sort of stuff. Of course, there's that culture. So there's all sorts of different cultures that are out there that aren't explicitly Christian. And the, Christ, the Christian culture is quite unique in, in well, actually, uh, really Christianity is quite unique in the way that it approaches and sees the world. It doesn't see the world as a singular, finite um, um, event, it sees us as a continuous event, mm. it sees us not as people who come in, live, you, got a, you, know, you, you want to be here for, are you here for a, a long time or for a good time is some of the thinking out there. Well, uh, that all makes sense if the world, if you start at birth and then you die, but if you have a, a more, or have a different perspective on that, a, a, an eternal perspective, you realise that life goes on past the grave, whether you're a Christian or not. So the question is, where are you going to be post your everybody, – everybody dies, post your death? Where are you going to be? What's, what's that going to look like for you? So to pretend that it doesn't exist is foolish, but it also drives the way people behave and live, because without hope, there's no concept that anything I, – I can do whatever I want, I'm, I am my own person – I don't need to be told by people how I should behave or what I should should do because there aren't any consequences at the end. It's only my personal consequences of people around me, how I affect others is of no importance. So I think that that, that thinking, um, and it was about the self and about maximising pleasure and you know, you know, the money component, it's just all part of that, this idea that I'm an autonomous individual that exists at this point in time in history and I have nobody um i have no i'm not responsible to anybody and nobody can affect me which is not true mm. uh, and i think the christian gospel is pretty clear on that you do you are born you do you do die you pass on everybody does it's just what happens on that on the other side of that and i think that perspective's been lost uh and i think one one of the reasons that i think uh, we see what's happening with the um abs today and the statistics on Number of Christians, I think that that's a recalibration of what it's probably really like. It may actually drop lower mm. because yeah, you know, Jesus said narrow is the gate; he didn't say it was wide. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, the the rise in people in mental illness um, as a as a growth in that in society, partly because it's been recognised where before it wasn't, but also I think it's because of the anxiety of not knowing what who I am or what I should be. Mm-hmm. I think that creates um, that angst that 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 existential angst that that is in society Mm. and i think a christian perspective gives you a lot of peace now it's not it's not a silver bullet it doesn't solve everything in your life you know god doesn't promise that your life's going to be perfect because it isn't and we've i've gone through ups and downs just recently uh, as have you know people in my family it's not a it's not a um a golden ticket to to uh, Nirvana, even though it's the wrong religion, um, <laughs> but it does give you an understanding and a real understanding of what people are like. And as a, as a, I think the biggest problem that we have in society isn't a social problem. Um, and we've you, know, you can if you go to social media, it just spews at you like a fire hose all the different existential thoughts, which are really old postmodernist thinking that you know um, we can redefine our own worlds and create it by the use of language but it do- and the whole concept that you know we make society better by educating people well that's actually a theological question and the question is what makes a person because if you understand what makes a person then you somehow can then make society better now the christian you know if as a christian we understand that at, at our heart we're rotten we're sinful and we need help and that's why Jesus came and that's why he died and that's why he was resurrected and he died for us because God is love and he loves everybody and he offers everybody the same choice but what he didn't say is that we're all good and the only way that we can that the way to fix society is just to keep educating you because if you just keep educating you you'll do better at what you're doing because you are an innocent in this great malaise of life and um, education will fix your problem and if it fixes your problem it'll fix society now that's not the christian worldview at all we aren't all good we we don't start out as innocent children sinless we actually start out with original sin and as a result of that education ain't going to fix that there's something else that has to come in and step in from outside of universe outside of our universe to fix that and that is the that's the cross that's how that all comes comes together and the philosophy around uh, that thinking about christ-centered thinking about the cross and the importance of that in our lives has been lost on a lot of people they don't get it i mean the 43 percent i found fascinating because and i'll use an example i had a person who um, i I, I knew them through a work context and they quoted um, you know, the love, the love um, verse that comes that everybody quotes at weddings. It's from Corinthians 13, I think it is. Uh, and I said, "Oh, that's from Corinthians." And she goes, "What's a Corinthian?" <laughs> yeah. She had no context uh, or concept of of. She had no idea what it is, yeah. and I think we've um, one of the things that we're going to have to work on is retelling the Christian story. We haven't told the Christian story, and it's a, it's a good story, right? Yeah. It's nothing to be ashamed of, and it's, the, it's a story that gives hope where there isn't. It shines light into darkness. So from my perspective, as I've been thinking about all these things, I think as Christians, um, sure, it's, you know, it, it's sobering to hear what, Going on out there in society, and how society is sort of pulling it apart, pulling what we used to, all the institutions that we relied on over our lives, apart and changing them. Changing the way we educate. When I grew up, it was about your character. We don't talk about character anymore. But character is one of those key things about who you are as a person, yeah, and how you're shaped as to how you're going to affect others. Because back then they knew that if they could get someone and shape their character young, that the benefits of that for everybody. So that's a that's a um, that that type of education is being lost now. It's mm-hmm. being turned into short courses, and it's being turned into. Um, uh, the whole idea if something is wrong so- with society you fix it through education mm. and there, it's a one horse pony uh, you know, it's, a, it's a one trick pony there's yep. no other tricks to, to deal with that
0: yeah. I was just um, looking up that ver- uh, verse that you were talking about 1 mm. Corinthians 13 mm. uh, it starts at verse 4 but it's yeah, it's uh, oh come oh, there's some hash browns being <laughs> oh <laughs> Well, love is patient, love is kind. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so th- Thanks, thank you very Karen. much, Karen. We've had some uh, uh, hash browns delivered on the podcast, which yeah. we can take part on um, here at Sovereign Bible Church. We have a meal at a certain time of the day, because I don't want to give away when you had your lunch break there, Tim. Um, <laughs> well, it is yeah. getting towards night eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <all> right. <laughs> um, so that, that verse is, sorry, is love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily anchored. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So it's funny that people, like you're saying, identify with that, but then they don't know where it's come from and mm. don't know where who a Corinthian was or where Corinth was, <laughs> which is kind of funny. No, all those things that you talked about, though, Tim, was is that with that the things that you were grappling with when you decided, I oh, know I need to go back to the church because was the character thing important or... What yeah. Yeah, is that... Did that influence your thinking about... Well, I, I think...
2: It, I think... Um, yes, yes, in terms of the nihilism of it all. Mm. Okay. So the... Um, you know, the... You know, good old Nietzsche. Frederick Nietzsche <laughs> a great yeah. guy. Um, the, You know, the postmodern thinking and the nihilism. So it was around the... There is only this life. Yeah. So, you know, one of my... One of my friends is a, a chaplain, and he's, he's a good bloke, Steve. Always, he always says, you know, some people you know, are here for a good time, not for a long time. Yeah. Um, and that all makes sense if your theological position is there is nothing post-death. Yeah. The other reason is people don't even realise they hold theological positions, even yeah. though they do. Uh, and I think that's something that we should think about when we speak to other people and point that out. Maybe not even using those terms, but the consequences of that. And you know, if, if, it's, if everything is nihilist and it had, there is no... F- you know, we, are in, you know, we are... Our path in life is to suffer and there is no meaning, then a lot of the behaviour you see around the world is p- perfectly understandable and reasonable. Mm. But if that isn't true, if that isn't true, if there is something post our passing, and if we, we are all eternal beings... And if there is a God, then that changes everything. Your thinking changes, your view on life changes. It's all impacted by that. And I, I've, what I've noticed even today—I mean, back then it was there, but not quite as, not quite as pronounced. Mm. But here, I mean, I don't know if you—you you guys listen to podcasts, podcasts. You see social media, you know, YouTube, all the rest of it. It's like—I mean postmodernism's being sprayed at us like a fire hose. And we're drowning in it. We don't even realise that it's, it's actually invaded all our thinkings. And to get the Christian mind and cross a Christian perspective on life is a very powerful thing because it's so unusual today. It's very, very unusual. Is, um, we talked
0: about recommitting. What do you think changed in your life once you recommitted and then you said you were going to church irregularly? Mm. And then when did that become regular? And then what did you see in that, like, working in your life?
2: Well, it's interesting. I was, um, I had been involved in a beach mission earlier in my life. And I'd started going back to the church where that had all started. Mm. What church was that, by the way? That was Cronulla, actually. Cronulla Cronulla, Anglican? Yeah, Cronulla Anglican. I started going back to Cronulla Anglican. And um, I started to get more regular. And then they said the beach mission was coming up. Um, and which is The Rock and they said oh, one of the, some of the people who knew me said oh, would you like to come back on team and I was sort of a bit conflicted because I thought it was only I, I mean I hadn't when I say I wasn't a Christian I knew it all mm. and it was all weighing on me in guilt and all the rest of it yeah. Um, but um, I didn't feel like I should but then they kept encouraging me and so um, I said yeah okay and it was actually on that day that I, so the f- I think it was the last day of the rock or the second day of the rock. So I came back yeah. and I got right into it. I was involved, I was attending. Um, and um, I'll tell you this little funny story. So I think it was the last day of the rock and one of my mates was going from, you know, the non-Christian mate is going um, oh come on you need to come and see I can't remember it was one of the Star Trek movies (laughs) and um, he's going oh come on no don't go to the Rock come to Star Trek with me and he's going come on you know you want to and he's going God or Spock God or Spock (laughs) 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 and it was pretty funny and we were just uh, he's genieing me up and I said oh look oh I'm really sorry I'll have to I'll choose God tonight (laughs) so I did right and I'm still one I did see the movie I think Eventually. Yeah, so it was God or Spock, so I went okay. God.
1: Well, that's the title for yeah. this episode. Yeah. God or Spock. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that
2: night, while we are at Cronulla, I don't know if you've been up to Cronulla recently. Yeah. Um, on last, or you went on Sunday. Yeah. Um, out the front, there's a, on the, of the hall. So we, the rock used to be in the hall. So in the hall, there's like a little um, I don't know, patio area and there's the doors to entry into the hall. And to the left, there's a glass window that opens up and that's where they used to be serving what we used to get we used to have back then was really you know radical stuff <laughs> you know because you know being christians you know, mm. we had coffee Ooh, and God like man. instant and uh, <laughs> and um raisin toast i mean that oh, was yeah. like we the were good oh, stuff we were right into that right <laughs> into it anyway so i went up there and while i was there um it 's a long story, but I met Jen on oh. that on that day, your wife, so I went God or Spock, chose God, oh. went up to, went to the rock and met Jen. Jen had a piece of um, sand or grit in her eye or something oh. and, I, and Hello. I, I was A twinkle smooth. in her eye, no, yeah. I had a smooth action, and I just <laughs> went I went. Um, I've got 2020 vision. Let me get that out of you. <laughs> no. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then you know, the rest is history. So on that point, there you go. So there's a cosmic moment mm. of choice Yeah, right, presented. And I chose to go one way. And if I'd chosen to go the other way, I would never have met Jen. I would never have had my kids. Probably wouldn't be here. So isn't that interesting? Now I think about that quite a lot, and that's you know really that's the finger of God reaching into your life and touching you at a certain point, and giving you a choice, mm. Mm. right? Because God's God's a gentleman; He's not going to force you to do it. He's going to give you that choice. Um, he, if He's chosen you, you'll choose right. I chose, and you know, Gazingo, Here I am, <laughs> married, two kids, you know, and they're married. Mm. So two new lives have been. Um, have been um, created and potentially newer lives. Yeah, when with the girls. Was that something that was
0: important to you? Like, you obviously seen, it seems that that kind of legacy and a, a, almost a Christian influence legacy is really important to you. Because is that something that you you wanted to change from your own personal experiences?
2: Yeah. Look, I I did. I think um, for me. My, I have, I've, I've got a responsibility as dad, and and as a father, and as a husband, and I take those seriously, and for me, my that's my job, right? That I, that's my job. So if I'm given a job, I do it, and I do it well, and I do it to the best of my ability. And you now, with the boys, I actually sat down and talked to them about it before they married my girls, and I, I mean, if you know, at the weddings, I. I had a speech that I told them, but I, it was nothing I hadn't spoken to them about. Mm. And I said to them, it, 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 it's really simple. Um, you know, if you go back to Genesis, you know, a, a man and woman come together and they leave their parents and they become one. And I said, my responsibility up until the point that the girls say I do is their father. Mm. I am there to love them care for them protect them provide for them but at that point i hand that responsibility over to you as their husband and you take on that responsibility now that doesn't mean so whilst i'm no longer responsible i'm still interested so <laughs> that was uh, i don't, know, I, don't know, I told them before the wedding and i told them in the speech because i think it's important that you know we take that seriously i actually actually also told them both that you know if you're not christians you will not get my blessing because for me i want the girls to be handed into the hands of someone who's going to love them properly and to carry on um, the legacy that we've been given because we only exist from as christians from generation to generation we need to hand that legacy to the next generation and fulfill our our role in this generation so Christianity will only keep continuing if God, through His people, passes that legacy down. So for me, that was like it. As I said, it's biblical and for me a sacred duty that I'm actually was passing down to the boys. Mm. Now we chose well. I mean, the girls chose well, <laughs> and I'm very happy with um, both of them. I love both of them, and mm-hmm. I love my girls. So for me, that was a very, um, it was a very hard thing to do because I do love my girls, yeah, and to hand them on to someone who isn't um you (laughs) me you know there's a bit of trusting (laughs) but um so far so good they've proven themselves to be men of integrity and that's something i asked them to be and they've been living up to to the vows because the other thing for me is about today people make promises and with no intention of keeping them and or no understanding of why it's important to keep them Because if life is about me, why shouldn't I just make life about me and I'll make a promise because it suits me and I'll get away with something or not. Don't have to take, well, you're talking
0: about responsibility there. Correct. It's almost like not having to take responsibility for that. I think that was something that I missed as a young man too. It was um, messages of, no, you can do whatever you want and not have to suffer any consequences kind of thing. And I mean, I don't think I went out and did that on purpose, but I think, I think I feel like my life changed a lot when I realised I needed to take responsibility for my actions, especially as a as a male. And um, yeah, I I really like hearing like that's what's so important to you as well. Why I, I was going to ask you the question though, that why do you see responsibility as being so important? Is that you've spoken about like kind of a postmodern, post almost like a post postmodern society now <laughs> yeah. nowadays, um, and is that a, it? Was it was it a, like a, a reaction to what you're seeing in the world, and then seeing, being a Christian and going, "This we need to double down on this kind of thing." Like we need to be super responsible. We need to take responsibility for these very things. Or was it I didn't take responsibility early in my life, and I, I'm glad that I did becoming a Christian. Or uh, did you want to change something that you had experienced in your life, and you go, "These people didn't take responsibility." for me or for their actions so i'm going to make sure that doesn't happen going on
2: yeah well i I think one of the things i I think jen mentioned it is my parents were divorced Mm -hmm. um my father was doing what he wanted to do and he basically left us uh with no he while there was there was input it was limited and it was like sharp the cricket match um, see, yeah. and, and pay some money towards Mum. And I'm not saying that he was a, a particularly, that he did anything particularly wrong to us. It's just that he didn't fulfil his role as a father, as he should have. Uh, and the thing about vows I was mentioning before, um, when you actually make your wedding vows, they're actually sacred vows because you're making them before God mm-hmm. and between, before people. You can't just toss them away if they become inconvenient. And for me, um, what, what, when Jen and me got married, we said, when, w- that whole thing is going to stop with our generation. It's stopping with us. Yeah, I remember Jen saying the Yeah, same thing, and yeah. we're not going to let that go any further. That was one of the earlier conversations I had. Because if you don't stand for something, you will fall for everything. And our responsibility, and the, the biblical model of manhood is, is there is leadership, and there is loyalty, and there is commitment. there's love Mm. and there's all those things and i think we should rather than being sad or embarrassed to be men we should be godly men and and i and that sounds a bit wimpy we need to be biblical men 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 of the what of what how god wants us to be and he gives us models for that and i really want to see young men take that up one of my things is I want to um, encourage young men to be who they are truly under, under God, because it's they don't always get it at home, or some of them never get get it at home, and a lot of people are lost because they don't have any examples to follow. Mm. Now, there's biblical examples, terrific biblical examples of how you should what how you should behave and what you should do. Um, you know, start with Jesus, you know, of you know, the best one. Um, but there's more flawed examples which are more like us which i don't mind like um you know, david was particularly flawed um and we all are and i don't like the christian sometimes the the um floss and lollipops view of christianity that you hey, become a christian everything comes terrific and there's no, <laughs> no problems anymore <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it's so easy and all the rest of it well it's not it's hard it it it's hard to be a christian in this society it's hard to be a christian period because we're living in a world that doesn't respect Christ. Um, I've lived through a period where Christianity was actually a positive in society and welcomed and, and everybody said they were. And I've seen it. I've, in my lifetime, I've seen it's gone from positive, accepted, central to society, to indifference and now to um, rejection. So I've seen the full thing and it's only just starting on that slope. And I think we need to hold on to the promises that, that were given through the Bible. we need to hold on to Christ as an example, to be countercultural, but um, theologically conservative. So we need to hold on to the truth of who Jesus is and why He came, and why God made us. Because the other thing that I really love is we aren't just random creatures. We were knitted. God knew us. When we were knitted in our mother's womb, he knew who we were. Right? We're not just random creations. We're created in the image of God. And we have a responsibility to live up to what God has given us, the, the great gifts that he's given us. And I think that's a powerful message for men. Because sometimes people talk about, oh, you're asking too much of men. No, no, I, I don't think we ask enough. Men want to be on mission. Men want to do stuff. Men want to achieve things. And there is an, an immense power in knowing your purpose. I agree. Mm. Right. Mm. And if we know our purpose and we know what we're, we're, we're here to do, nothing can stop us because God will clear the path for it to happen if we're on his team and He's, we're doing his purpose. Well, you
0: said, that, um, uh, you said we need to be godly men and that can be considered wimpy. I don't think it's wimpy at all because really what we're called to do is love sacrificially, which is means mean give, give ourselves up. For the people that we're responsible for, and I think that, or um, uh, well, like, you know, like talking about like Jesus, uh, uh, how does it? Uh, I can't even speak properly today. But <laughs> can I just interrupt?
2: you? I wasn't saying no. that. I'm not saying that that it is wimpy. I say the world will see it as yeah, such. Yeah, I yeah. See, yeah, yeah, I,
0: and exactly. But it's sacrificing yourself is seen as wimpy, mm. not doing what you want to do, right? Is, Correct, But then that's the description of um, Jesus and the relationship to these people is like, um, is the, the picture of marriage, right? Is that um, we're meant to present, look, Jesus' relationship to the church presents the church as a beautiful bride to God. Yes. Right, and we're meant to do the same thing yep. with the people in our lives, is that we're meant to sacrifice ourselves just as Jesus did, maybe not on a cross, but... Use him as as the the model for that, like you said, Mm. and then to be able to love people sacrificially. And I don't, it can be seen as wimpy, like you're saying, but I don't think it is at all. To be like, I don't, I I hopefully wouldn't say that Jesus is a wimp at all. No, no, no. Yeah, no. You're absolutely correct. You're not saying that, but I think that like if we look at what Jesus actually done, the guy was perfect, correct, (laughs) wasn't he? (laughs) And he's like, but then made himself at the bottom.
2: He made himself nothing. Yeah, pulled himself out, and I think that's right, but. The um, people don't know Jesus. Mm. Our jobs introduce him to Jesus, people to Jesus, and people don't know him and what he did, or they know him superficially and they don't understand what the. And I'll use the word cosmic moment because I love that word. The cross and the cosmic moment for, for the whole of history centers on that, and to think that you would allow yourself to be willingly nailed to a cross and. To die in one of the most awful and horrible, and ashamed because he was—it's a criminal's death. That, I mean, that takes—I won't say—but it takes a lot of cojones. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, and it's—it's it's amazing. And that example, in fact, that's why I—I I also, I also bridle against when people say it's heroic and all the rest of it. Um, for me, I, I hate it when that word's used so glibly because to me it has a specific meaning and it actually means something. And one of the things, I think heroic acts revolve around another person and self, self-sacrifice. self uh, It shouldn't be about you. It should always be, be about others. And, you know, you, if you go back in time and you listen to some people who are actual heroes, you'll find that a lot of the time why they're so revered is because they did something for others mm-hmm. that is that no one else would even think to do. That to me is, I mean, Jesus is the hero of all times because he was willing to give up everything for us. And I mean, to even think about that sometimes makes me a bit teary because I know I don't deserve it. Mm. Of all the people, I know how dark my heart is and I know all the problems that I have inside myself just just being who I am. And to understand that and yet he still loves me. He still loves me. Now, there has been some great sermons recently at Soul Revival. You should look at those. (laughs) Um, Particularly around the whole concept of Paul and um, how he came back from what he had been, a person who was terrorising the early church and murdering people, stoning them, and yet completely being transformed. That... That that Paul is an, an example of that, where God comes into your life literally and miraculously and changes you. Mm. And we we all have we don't have, won't be made not be that sensational and that um, noteworthy, but we all have that point. In, I think in our lives where God actually does come into our life, whether we know it or not, and actually starts to change us. Mm. Um, but you know, I think the honest thing to say is, do I have evil thoughts? absolutely you're not looking at a perfect person here everybody and i'm I, I know no one believes that trust me my wife can tell you stories <laughs> um, i think one of the things i would say is that i'm but i'm aware of that i'm conscious of that and i we need to keep reminding ourselves of the need for forgiveness and mm-hmm. to be honest about yourself the best people i like the people i like most are people who are honest they're straightforward they tell you how it is and they're honest those people have a good view of themselves and they're an honest view of themselves and we all need to think about how we can get to that point because God sees us honestly, right? We can't hide anything from God. We are like a pane of glass. He sees straight through and he knows exactly <laughs> who we are and what we've done. And we are we only self-deluding ourselves if we think that God doesn't see or know what we, we're doing. And it's important to have that as a check in our minds because we are accountable to him. Yeah. Brandon, I feel like
0: we've left you out of a conversation here. I'm just enjoying listening. Um, Sorry. You spoke (laughs) a lot about
1: generational change. Yep. Um, Is there any ways, like you obviously took that into your life as a young person. How did you then look to move that on? Like you spoke a bit about um, how you've loved your daughters and the the way that you chose to parent them. Is there a way through the church or through other people that you put that into action in terms of trying to reach out to those younger than you? How did that affect way that you did that as a Christian?
2: Well, it was usually, it was interesting. So a lot of, I think I've had a positive impact. I can't <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah. other, to, people, other people may have a different view of that and I'm yeah. honest enough to say that. But a lot of the, the kids' friends, we had a lot of, um, lots of conversations with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm keen to get a bit more involved with Soli and Soli's and do stuff. I've got my... Fire pit at home, which hopefully yeah. I want to take out for a bit of a run. <laughs> uh, Excellent, it's always good fun. I like a fire, pit. And, and this talk about stuff honestly. I mean, I find um, so with the girls' friends, um, we we I've got relationships with a lot of them. As I wouldn't say they're more like a you know a, a parent of of, of a Courtney or a Kate, but still, I can speak to speak to them. Yes. I try to speak to them when I get the opportunity. Though it's something to think about longer term I'd like to do a little bit little, little little bit more work with you know young dads and stuff in church if I if I'm able to uh, hopefully I can bring some benefit but I'll leave it up for others to make that decision about whether that's a good <laughs> idea or not mm. um, but I really want to see personally I want to see um, us become who we were meant to be because we were designed and we were created and we were given purpose and I I Hate to see young men and women not know their purpose Mm. because it's they don't they're not going to get their best out of their life because God's created a special purpose for every person, and I think that's the thing that I find that Christianity as a religion is so different in terms of thinking and philosophy is this concept that you are a child of God, you're not just trying to appease an angry deity. You're actually a child of God, who God wants to love, and to mould, and to mould into shape, and to, shape, mm. uh, and to, to for, for you to fulfil your purpose for which you were created, and that, if you can grab hold of that in your life, will give joy to yourself and to others around you because you're doing what you were designed to do, and I think one of the things that's happening in society is people doing things that they're not designed to do, and it's like the question I've I was asked, you know. I've got a nail, put a nail into a piece of wood. Um, I don't have a hammer, just pick up a rock and just bang it in. Mm. Well, sometimes that'll work and sometimes it won't. But if you use a hammer, every time it'll work. So people not knowing what they're designed to do and they're lost because of this whole concept that we are here for a short time, maybe a good time, but not a long time. And that, to me, that whole philosophy impacts how people see themselves and how they either ignore God or see God in their lives i find that really cool and it
0: is, have you been able to do that at previous times throughout your life because we're talking uh, sometimes into the future but we do like on the chip punch to go over over your past and <laughs> if you're willing to do that but have you been able to do that i mean uh there's some stories that jen shared on her podcast on her a- actual episode but um i'd love to get your perspective on that because i know that you've been very involved in youth and things like that as well over your time I'm not going to make a guess
2: at how old you are. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, have you, what, what's your involvement in that and, and why did you do it? Okay, so when, especially when we are first married, we used to have run Bible studies in our house and there was like the locusts arrived and, just <laughs> <laughs> and the, the fridge was stripped and the cupboard was stripped of all food. Um, and we, we, we. this is um, over in Wapera and it was, um, it was really fantastic time for us. We really were, uh, we had Courtney in the, bassinet next yeah. to us yeah. and and we had the kids all on the floor chatting to us they weren't kids there were people not that much different in age to us at the time only a few more years and that was a wonderful experience um i loved doing that i worked for um i worked for um sydney city mission for five years and yeah. tried to uh, i ran uh, un- centers for unemployed people and work training and skills and all the rest of it uh, and I tried to work in that in my life, but it was very hard because we we're up against broken people who really didn't, and, and the truth of the matter is, my impact there, sure, people got jobs and all the rest of it, and there were some people that I was able to positively impact. I won't mention any names, but I know that they ended up, their lives were changed, but I was really <laughs> excited by that. Yeah. Um, and I think also, um, when, I, when I was in The Rock, I loved doing that stuff. And then with the kids, just being with them and being their parents and loving them and bringing them up. But I think, have I done a lot with youth? I have earlier in my times, but not mm. not a lot recently. But you never know; the world could change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you, you, uh, the thing for me, I just want to be where I should be. You know, I talk about being designed and that we have purpose. Yep. So you know, God, I want Him, God, to sort of show where that will be. And sometimes mm-hmm. you walk on, you knock on a door. And you go through it, and you realise that there's another door, and then uh, you knock on that door, and there's vegetables. But <laughs> um, or it was the wrong door in the first place. Yeah. But um, yeah, right at the moment, I'm trying to actually speak to Stu about some things that we could do. But I think really, I think a lot there's there's things that um, God has has set before us that we don't even know about. And I mean, I mean, I won't go into too many things like that. That time, that I, again, I'm using the term cosmic moment. Mm-hmm. Um, where God reached through history right, and his finger touched us. Um, who knows what's coming ahead? The other thing is, if you're open and you're willing and you're faithful, things will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, and, and sometimes better than you think. Um, but we've been through our ups and downs too. I mean, society um, doesn't, it's not a easy place to live in. And we've seen things that we wish we hadn't. But the confidence that I have is that regardless, whatever, whatever's gonna happen, if God's in control, you know, if, you know, if people are against, if God is for us, he can be against us, right? That doesn't mean that you're not going to have people against you. It's just that you can know that God's going to be with you through it. Uh,
0: can we talk about your career as well and how being a, a Christian has influenced your career? Because you said you worked at Sydney City Mission. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned earlier you did uni, so I'd be keen to know what you did at uni and then what you kind of saw your career. Because you had quite a few different jobs, so I'd like to...
2: You know, yeah I'll okay. dive in that a little bit all right well i first my first job was um i worked at airline at an airline okay. um, which was yeah it was very different <laughs> um, and it was I'd, I'd never seen anything like it in my life like my the, the i'd walk walked into a place of i had no reference point for mm. um and because everything that i was told you shouldn't be doing or, or you know, is not good for you. Was all happening in front of me, so, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and I'm just going, wow, that was yeah, yeah. So you get sucked into that a little bit. Yeah. So I worked for there, and then I went, um, I went to uni. I did environmental science. Mm. Oh wow. Um, at, and then I went, uh, then I went. Uh, sorry, I did environmental science, and I was tried to get a job, but at that time, there just weren't any jobs. I could get one day, one day contracts, and um, I just come out of uni uh, and we were going to get married. So I had to get a job. So I ended up getting working at the mission, which I worked at for five years. And then I, um, and that was hard. So I was both, um, I ended up being a manager of uh, two centres, but also assistant manager and and others. And we had to spiritually lead the people there. Um, The issue was that a lot of people who on team, there were some Christians, some who claimed to be Christians. Back then, it was sort of okay, yep. um, but the le- the the depth and the knowledge and commitment were was variable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, if that makes sense. Um, and then I went from there, and I worked um, uh, at the Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Well, it's actually Australian Business. I worked training people in um, uh, it was apprenticeship training, so I was trying to help pe- you know, people get jobs and stuff yep. like that. And then uh, I've spent the last, uh, since early 2000s, I've been in working in emergency services, emergency management for the last, since about 2003. What are you doing there with the emergency services? Um, well, I've actually, well, I worked for, um, I worked in fire for about 10 years, mm. um, and then uh, seven years with SES, and then I'm, I've now moved on to into agriculture, so. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, know that. Biosecurity
1: oh right okay yeah. cool yeah. so
0: what I from just that quick overview I feel like you're often uh, working in places where you really want to impact people and positively impact them and we, we did already talk about that but where do you think that impulse comes from is it being a Christian and saying we can impact these people in a way, because of, you know, I've been loved in the the ultimate way by Jesus dying on the cross? Or is that um, the particular gifts that you think God's given you and that you're trying to
2: use them as best as you can? Look, it's a good question. The the answer is, the the truth to it is, I only do do jobs where I can make an impact. Mm -hmm. If you've, I mean, you can see, I mean... (laughs) I actually when I look back at it that's <laughs> the, so I w- I'm not interested in just money jobs that I do for money, there has to actually be a social impact yeah, that goes beyond me because I believe I'm put here for a purpose and so I've done, I don't want to talk on the podcast too much about it, it's probably conversation for another time but I've done some stuff that I'm very that I'm really happy with, that I was given that opportunity. Are yeah, you proud yeah. of that? Yeah, yeah and stuff that really has made a difference to people and mm. people wouldn't even know. Mm. Um some of the stuff um has resulted in probably people's lives being saved and a range of things but um and i'm not claiming that i did i didn't go through burning buildings and stuff like that some of the stuff that we did so and for that that meant a lot to me because i felt rather than just chasing the dollar and there's no problem with people making money god that's one of the purposes of of life is to provide for your family so i make no criticism anybody does that but that's the sort of thing that motivates me it's about mm. what difference can i earn an income and can i make a difference mm. uh, and so that's been the, what's been important mm. uh, to me but and i think yes i think the um christian thing's good i've always hooked in with the um the chaplains if i um, whether it's at the fire or yes, and we've always i've got good friends of yeah. chaplains and we talk about stuff we used to pray for people mm. Uh, and try and impact people in there. But it's very difficult working in that environment to be um, outwardly Christian, particularly in the current environment and how things are changing. uh, Is
0: that because uh, often in emergency services you're experiencing really high emotional things or is it because uh, being a Christian is seen as a little bit foreign or even almost dangerous sometimes, which... It's Which, what's it's, the reason? It's,
2: for di- that? it's difficult because um, the culture doesn't. It's not a culture that um, understands spirituality mm. and purposes for people. So therefore, it's not valued or wanted. Really, uh, I'm not saying there aren't people who have spiritual b- beliefs or understandings, mm. and but it's not something that um, is something that will come up on a regular basis or be part or seen as as a normal part of of interaction so you just gotta, you've got to you've got to be there but you've got to be able to give an answer when asked so that's the way that that I look at it also um I try and try and make things happen for people if I know things will work without anybody knowing if that makes sense what's an example of that like not a well just uh you know Arranging for things to occur in a certain order that will come to a certain outcome, but you can't see them <laughs> unless you know that you're there looking you at go it. Go long just turn. pulling the strings, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> you
1: and Jen have been a big part of our community for a while now. Just Seems like say, only it, like yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, that's why I was wondering. Do you remember like first coming to Soul East? Do you remember what struck you? What made you want to stick around? Um, yes
2: okay so it was interesting because katie was the first anderson to come along the style revival mm. and the interesting yeah. story about that is because she went to lit and source s- and wanted to hear Stu speak because yeah. she'd heard o- what a great speaker Stu was and i i didn't know this but apparently Stu had had some influence at menai when we were there in terms yeah. of trying to work yep. to set up some sort of culture but just kind of networking yeah kind of things, and there were some things that he put in place that they didn't understand, which was interesting, mm. c- until I got the philosophy of it. So um, that was interesting. So Katie first came here, and then Katie said, oh, you need to come, you need to do this. And then um, we noticed that you know, she got had a bit of a shine for one of the young men here. <laughs> um, and was very keen, and so we had to do the family meet. Ah, yeah. Stu, um, and Stu's son. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, um, Ethan. Mm. And the... Um, we had a meeting, uh, which wasn't a meeting. We just <laughs> yeah, it's a formal it's a th- meeting. It wasn't a formal meeting. <laughs> Did you it take was minutes? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> we didn't do that. It was a, um, uh, we went to, I think it was dinner at the Crawshaws, and we yeah. sat down. Classic. And, which is, yeah, no, it was lovely. It was a lovely dinner, and I sat down next to, Pete and Stu and we were having a bit of a yarn and he said the only reason I'm really keen about your daughter is because you don't follow a football team because I checked you out on Facebook (laughs) (laughs) because I don't even understand that game it's a round ball oh wow you've been talking to two football I'd like to say something a a more derogatory term I'd use towards that game but it would be unfair and unkind so I won't do that Mm -hmm. but um, uh, the conversation started. So he told me that and I went, Oh, I've been stalked on Facebook <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm the father of my daughter, you know. <laughs> um, so I was, you know, pretty protective. I wanted to check that, you know, things were right, that, mm-hmm. you know, we had good no, I wasn't going to send her to a place where the theology wasn't good. So I needed uh-huh. to know. Uh, there's a bit of checking going on. Yeah. Yeah. But what really was really interesting is I sat there next to Stu and we started talking about stuff. Then when Spitfires came up, and I loved Spitfires. And, right. <laughs> and then he started talking about Zulu, and I said, it's my favourite movie. I love Zulu. <laughs> so we found out we had all these things in common and didn't know each other. Yeah. Um, and also found out that um, it was funny that... Um, uh, Lou had been on the rock and I'd been on the rock. And oh right, We didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So we found out we had all these things in common. And then Jen Jen said, oh, we need to go and have a look. So we went and had a look. And um, I won't go into you know, why, but yeah. we found out that you know, we felt quite uh, like this was where we needed to be. We went away overseas. And when we came back, we decided that we'd come full time. So that's what we did. So that was a f- couple of years back. Not a long time, when mm-hmm. I think about it. Not like, because we, we were at the other church since 99, so mm-hmm. for a long, long time. But... Things sort of change. Sometimes what happens in life, I think, is you don't change but things change around you Yeah, Mm. and you don't even notice it. Mm. And then suddenly you look around and you think everything's different and it's sort of what happened. But then we came here and we've been um, very loved and welcomed and we've appreciated um, uh, everything that Soul Revival offers offers and particularly around um, the culture and the the terrific preaching and... um, I like the ambience, it's, it's <laughs> great it doesn't feel like a church but it is so there's a lot of things that we love about it and the people of course, we just love the people too so we've been very blessed and, and we're grateful for having the opportunity to come here we're grateful that you were so welcoming and loving and that you gave us um, a place that we can come to and feel um, welcomed and, and we've got a lot of Rowing and warm friendships with people, so it's lovely. <laughs> That's
0: good. Um, you've also preached for us too, so like yep. you, you do that pretty regularly. Um, what's why? Why are you happy to get up and stand up in front of people and tell them about Jesus?
2: Um. Well, I I think I'm a bit of a a bit of a um, a tragic when it comes to studying the Bible. I'm a bit sad. I used to, um, <laughs> I am mate. I'm sad. I, I would put <laughs> yeah. I'd listen to CDs to and from Wollongong, so there would be an hour yeah. CD in the morning, an hour CD in the afternoon, and I'd do that for months and months and then. So I was yeah. always listening and absorbing CDs on what? Sorry, on uh, uh, on books of the Bible, oh, okay, cool. preaching, <laughs> so, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So this was before I even thought about doing it. Yeah. Um, and uh i just i just loved it i've i've never had because of i'm a train i the other thing i i didn't mention but i I've, I've got uh, i i did my masters in education or adult education and so i'm used to doing standing up in front of and mm. talking, and so it's never been something that's concerned me. And so when you you actually love something and you want to tell other people about it, it, it sort of was a bit of a natural fit. And Stu gave me a go, and I've enjoyed that. Um, I haven't done it for a little while, just mm. because of some things with work. I've been doing the, working with the floods and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. But hopefully I'll get back to doing that. Um, and I think that, think um, I'm just very grateful that I've been given the opportunity to do that. wouldn't have happened in other places. I finished my civic suit. Theology as well, which was enjoyable. I really loved doing that, and so I just, I just like to learn, and then I just like to tell the story because it's a, it's, it's a good story, yeah. And it's not just a narrative; it's actually the story, and it's, it's a story that reaches back into the past and reaches into the future, uh, and it touches every human being that was, that is, that has been born, and that will be born, and it is relevant to every human being right now. And for me, it's life-changing. It's not just a, it's not just another another. We're not in a, a soccer club or um, a netball club or a, or a card playing card. This, this none of those clubs. This isn't a club, right? This is a family, and it's a family that of, of that sits under God, and it exists because of what Jesus did. That's the reason it exists, and we're here to tell that story, and it, and it's a story that changes lives, you know, and. Isn't that what we, what we're here to do? Isn't that what gives us purpose? Isn't that giving us meaning to why we are who we are? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, it allows us to be who we should be. And, I, and for me, that's exciting and wonderful. And if I get to do that a bit more, even happy, i would be really, really happy. And hopefully, other people will appreciate it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you doing that. Oh, um, thanks, buddy. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, final question that we always like to ask, though, because mm-hmm. uh, we're coming towards the end of your lunch hour, <laughs> yeah, uh, is from what you know now as a Christian, what do you wish your younger Christian self knew when you look back on a
2: number of things that we've talked about in your life? Well, for me, I, I've, it's, it's it's a really interesting question. I suppose when I was a younger Christian, I had no idea what society would look like now. No concept of it, right? I mean, I grew up, my first television was black and white, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, what's a computer? No one even heard of such a thing. So the world is, I think, one of the things I'd be telling them is that even though the world will change around you and become something that you may not recognize, at the core of it, God doesn't change. Right? You, he, he is the same as he was, as he will be, as he will be forever. And to know that God is always consistent, he's consistent and that he loves you, and that you can rely on him um, and that you have a purpose that he's provided for you, you should hold on to that really hard because that will get you through life. And no matter what happens to you, even if, you know, things you don't want to happen and it is not a, a golden ticket to joy in terms of there'll be no problems, but it is a golden ticket to joy because if you're living out your purpose, you will find joy because you're, being what you were created. You, you're doing what you were created to do. And that, that's gold.
1: I hmm.
0: mm. love that.
2: Anything to finish up, Braden?
1: Oh, I just think it's so encouraging that um, we've asked you a bunch of questions today <laughs> and everything's just come back to God. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Every, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's just so encouraging to see how central he is to every decision that you've made in your life, everything that you're looking to, everything... Look whether it's looking back or looking forward, yeah, it's just encouraging to see how focused you are on glorifying God and everything that you do and recognising his influence over your life. And I love
0: how that, um, as we've spoken about across the episode, is how that translates into social impact. Mm. And it's something that we've talked about on the shock absorber is that sometimes Christians are so keen to do social impact they end up watering down the gospel, but I don't, feel that from you in any any way i think your social impact is motivated by the cross and impact and that's where the impact comes from about what jesus has done not what we can do on the earth because oh yeah we are christians like i think there's a real difference to that and i'm i've been really encouraged by having you on the podcast so thank you for giving me a hard time putting you on because i really appreciate it (laughs) um so um yeah i just yeah to finish up i'm just really thankful that we've had you on and i think i've learned a lot and i really appreciate you again calling just me as myself to take responsibility for my life as a man as well i think that's really important so hopefully there are some guys out there that will take uh encouragement for that as well so yeah thank you for choosing to come to this church and blessing us with your your daughters and <laughs> and, and yourself and, and jen as well so yeah thank you for thank you for being on the podcast
2: Look, thank you for... Look, you did ask me, and thank you very I much. much. <laughs> <laughs> you make out like I said, oh, you've got to have... No, me. I was no, asked. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I, I have <laughs> just said, hey, I'm
0: happy to go on the podcast if you want. I'm like,
2: oh, great. And I was looking for a guest. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Perfect. So thanks so. for having me. Um, yeah. Look, I'd like to do... You now I'll have to fire up the fire pit and get you blokes over, huh? Yeah. All right, like, We'll sure. get you to do that. I, don't, I don't love the fire pit. I love fire pits. I love the fire pit. They're good for
0: conversations, aren't they?
2: They are. It's just it's one of those primeval things, right? You mm. sit around the fire and you watch the, the bush television burning away. <laughs> I've <I> never heard <laughs> and that before. That's and really it's, uh, it's like mesmerising and mm. you, the truth have, comes out of it. Mm. Um, and I've done it with my friend. Um, my friend is the chaplain at the army chaplain. We sit around the fire and we talk yeah. about life and philosophy and, it's yep. a, and you know, the way things should be. and everything. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's all so the words world's it, problems. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> way to be. And, and look, and thank you both for in having... I'm very encouraged and thank you for asking me to come on the podcast. <laughs> no, and I, I hope it I hope it's been useful and yeah. um, I just wanted to um, just say thanks to Soul Revival for doing this podcast because hopefully it reaches beyond just the three of us having a conversation and someone today might hear this or one of the previous podcasts and hopefully yeah. that will make a change in their lives. Yeah, lovely.
0: Thank you very much. We always like to finish with a one way, so if you're happy to yep. one way it with us, let's do that.
2: One way. One way. One way.